Welcome to the TruckVin.com podcast. As America's foremost truck buyer, we keep you informed on all topics regarding the trucking industry. We work with industry leaders to provide valuable insight. When you're ready to sell, call America's foremost truck buyer at 855-TRUCK-20 or visit TruckVin.com. And now, your host for the TruckVin.com podcast. Zach Ellis. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the truckman.com podcast. Today we are joined with Mike Gardecki, Used Truck Association board member, also works with M&K Truck Centers. Mike, thanks for being here. How are you? Great. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. Awesome. So Mike's down here in at our office here in Fort Worth, but you're actually going to go to the uh, convention in San Antonio? Yeah, I'm going down for the UTA uh, director's meeting to go over the hotel we're staying at in San Antonio back in November. Sweet. So uh, just to meet the staff and get her uh, bearing straight. Awesome. 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 So we just start the show off, kind of tell us about yourself, where you started at, where you grew up at. Grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania. Did, uh, used to work on, uh, cars all the time. Even from the time I was 14 years old, owned my first car and mm-hmm. transitioned that into trucks, went in the military, signed up the army to be a heavy wheel vehicle mechanic. Uh, did four years there, got out and was working on big rigs and a lot of quarry equipment, things like that. Uh, big diesel stuff. Uh, from there, I transitioned into uh, into Penske on their SOS breakdown department, mm-hmm. which uh, was uh, an interesting job for four years. All right. And then I got a promotion into selling used trucks for the Northeast region for Penske, and that's kind of where it all blew up from there. Sweet, sweet. Appreciate your service. You spent some time with the with the Army. How long were you in? Four years. Four years, sir. Awesome, awesome. So you spent some time at Penske. How long were you with Penske for? Just about eight years. Eight years? Yep. Wow, wow. So where'd you leave when you left Penske? Where'd you go to? So when I left Penske, uh, basically what happened there is I, I, I was wholesaling to other dealers mm-hmm. across the country, and I noticed how uh, the interactions were with the, with the dealers, and I kind of started really loving the wholesale transactions mm-hmm. and things like that. So I went out to work for a dealer that was a Bayshore Ford at the time down in Newcastle, Delaware, and spent about two years with them before a partner and I opened up our own small place and uh, went from there. Sweet, sweet. Bayshore Ford. I've yeah. seen that name before. Oh, they're still around. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So you're uh, obviously used truck association probably keeps you busy. I'm sure. Uh, obviously, with what we do, you know, buying from the public and remarketing back to you know our dealer partners, we've we've surely done some business in the past. Uh, this just, last year, just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little. So I guess for those that maybe are listening to this, I guess kind of explain exactly what the used truck association is and some of our, you know, other dealer partners that may be listening, the value and benefits of being part of that. So the used truck association is, uh, originally started with the idea was to basically get used truck dealers and it was pretty much the strictly dealers at the beginning, uh, back in the late nineties, early two mm-hmm. thousands, just to kind of have an association together and try to get discounts on, you know, truck warranties and things like that as a group yeah. instead of everyone operating as individual. The first one I went to, there, I went to the second UTA convention, which was in Florida, and that started out with 77 people. Wow. Uh, last November in Washington, D.C., we were up to about 1,600 that attended. Jeez. It, uh, so it grows, and now it involves a lot of... Uh, we have vendors there, a lot of new truck dealers there. Um, again, warranty companies are, are there. It, it's anyone who t- has to do with touching a used truck from financial companies to warranty companies, you name it, everything. We have there are a lot of members. Yeah. We all kind of come together and we all work together. So, yeah. So we're uh, we just joined it again this year. Just paid for our uh, corporate membership. Awesome. 
it's good to be a part of it. Obviously, you know, being able to have the connection with a lot of other dealers, I think it, you know, adds the uh, reputation behind it of, you know, hey, we're a used truck member and right. you're kind of part of the group. But, you know, I think we talked about earlier in the day this morning, we talked about some of the pricing stuff that not only we're seeing here, but, you know, in 2022, believe it or not, Mike actually bought these trucks right here. That was one of the funnest deals that- uh, I was looking at them on the wall. I'm like, yep, bought every one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was one of the funnest deals I ever did. I think it was the most money we've probably spent on a truck in 2022. So, you know, a lot of supply and in, in supply chain interruptions, stuff like that, used truck pricing went through the roof. So I guess for those that don't know, walk us through what happened last year, why the pricing got so high, and then what we're expected to see in 2023, because you got a valued opinion here for sure. But, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> so basically what happened last year was, uh, and this has been cyclical for the 27 years I've been involved in buying and selling used trucks. Anytime you see the, the price of diesel start going up, regardless of where the economy is, we are, we're going down. So basically what happened, spot rates dropped out. People weren't making the money that they were when they were you know, in the heyday end of uh, 21 coming into early 22. And so spot rates dropped out and those guys weren't making money. And then the diesel fuel went up. It just completely dropped off. I mean, we were, we were dropping 10, 15% of values over 30 days wow. back to back. It was it was uh, it was a rough time. Yeah. It uh, it was it reminded me a lot of uh, 2008 and 9 when everything fell out. But um, luckily we didn't we didn't last as long as that, and mm-hmm. we kind of seen. I see spot rates are there's at least steady at this point. So that mm-hmm. that's a good sign right now. Yeah. So 2022, a lot of uh, I know some of the used truck pricing that we saw. I mean, you know, some trucks that were what two years old, we were paying a hundred plus thousand dollars for. You know, and I think historically, guys usually a truck that's three years old, the fleet probably expects to get sixty to eighty thousand dollars back for that truck. Is that usually a right on on average? You know, with with an average miles like three years old, four hundred thousand miles, things like that. But yeah, so we're 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 creeping back down to what the national average typically runs at. Um, we're still a little elevated on that, but the uh, the projection everyone's seeing is we'll be that by second quarter of this year. Wow. Yeah. So your outlook on 23, is it going up? Is it going down? Is it steady? It's scary. <laughs> yeah, it is it, scary. It's, uh, I feel like the market's literally split down the middle as far as uh, projections and what everyone's thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are thinking we'll we'll hang tight where we are, maybe increase a little bit, and then the other half or, you know, we're still going to see some, some reductions and uh, trucking go down. Um, it, again, it depends on spot rate, tonnage. You know, as long as we can keep tonnage up, that that's a great great sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, with the uh, the government inflation and interest rates rising, that that's an also that also puts a damper on what we're doing. Yeah, so we don't see obviously as much as you do, you know, from a retail standpoint. So M and K Truck Centers, I guess for those that don't know, M and K Truck Centers exactly. You guys are new Volvo, new Mac. Uh, new Volvo, new Mac, uh, Azuzu Hino. Uh, mm-hmm. We have five trailer lines as well. Okay. Yep. And specialized mostly in new, used. I know you guys just got an award. I won't tell everybody, but you can. Uh, twenty twenty one, we won the uh, Volvo uh, Used Truck Dealer Award. So uh, their results will be out probably in another month and a half. So I'm kind of interested to see how we did this. You know, in twenty twenty two, the market started out with a bang and then just fell off. So yeah, I, we weren't the only ones. It was just shared all, all around. Yeah. But uh, yeah, M and K has uh, twenty nine locations. Uh, Indiana. Michigan, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. And they seem to be growing by the month at this point. Wow. Wow. So how many used trucks do you guys usually keep in stock? Uh, 
It it depends. We were uh, at the end of the heyday. We were kicking five hundred pretty hard, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, we dropped it all the way down to about a one fifty. Wow. At the towards the end of this year, now we're we're picked back up again. We're running about three hundred some at this point. Yeah, that's a that's a nice uh, amount of units. There's there's some independent guys that run with like forty fifty units, and that's right. that's got to be tough to do. Yeah, and and. That's actually, we're only stocking six locations with, with staff and stuff like that out of the 29. Wow. So. Wow. So 2023 is kind of bleak. I know for us, we were just doing projections and, you know, you got to figure out, hey, are we going to, obviously every, I think business wants to increase year over year over year, but now it's like, well, 2022 is kind of the unprecedented year when none of us really knew what was going to happen, but now we've got 2023 and pricing is going down. So now you have to buy more units so that you can obviously project upwards. So there's a lot of different things we're trying to chase right now. Yeah. We're doing the same thing on our side too. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's just, it, it's, it's very frustrating. Uh, you have to keep alert on a daily. I follow the stock market a little bit too much and the oil market and commodities probably that can drive myself nuts, <laughs> but I feel like I'd, I'd like to have an edge on what I'm, what I'm looking at going out 30 days. Yeah. So what's important, obviously, when you guys are, uh, you know, selling trucks, is there kind of a specialty market that you guys focus on or you just carry everything from sleepers to dump trucks or? Yeah, sleepers, day cabs, a lot of heavy vocational stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is hard, so hard to come by right now, especially as we're going to be coming into spring. Those get fewer and fewer in between because everyone starts rolling with the spring work that they're going to be doing with those. But, uh, you know, triaxle dumps, quads, uh, Quint axles, you name it. Michigan, Michigan can run all that stuff. So yeah, it's a it's a unique market to me. I really was never playing in that market until I came on board with M and K. So it was a whole new whole new ball of wax for me. Yeah, yeah. How long you been with M and K now for? Two years. Two years. Yep. And doing it twenty seven. I've been doing this twenty seven years. And yeah. Just all used. All used. Yep. So you've been doing this longer uh, a year a year less than uh, I've been alive for. So next subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of experience though, but that's, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of our, you know, customer base, we talked about this morning, just having a reputation and being able to deliver on what our customers expect. You know, here we try to capitalize on that, you know, direct streamlined process to give a guy an offer, inspect it and pay for it. And then obviously the end result is being able to provide dealers with, you know, consistent inventory that's clean and stuff like that. So that's a wealth of knowledge to have. What have you seen change over the years? The main changes, all oh. mostly just the uptick on the amount of sleepers coming over the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all the same, and it's different at the same time. If that makes any sense, we're still chasing the same thing. You just see a lot more. You see a lot more owner operators, or at least you did until uh, until we hit hit the wall the end of last year. Yeah. So, yeah. but other than that, it's uh, a little more regional guys than we used to see before. But that's that's just my take on what I'm seeing. So yeah, yeah. With well, the territory, I know around here we're seeing a lot of you know a lot more construction guys, guys running regional, you know, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, stuff like that. Right. A lot of day cabs, you know, some dumps, but I don't think we see as many as you guys do up north. All right. So two years at M and K. Tell us what your uh, what your average day look like. I know I'm pretty big on asking everybody what your what your daily routine. What time do you wake up? What do you do? Time I wake up, uh, way before the sun. I'm usually at the gym in the morning first thing at least four days a week, maybe five. Then I'll, uh, I have a dog that I seem to take everywhere. So I'll go, I'll take him for a two yeah. mile hike and then, then back at it. And, uh, 
just picking up the phone and start burning the phone up again and responding to emails and mostly from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wondering, hey, man, why does it keep emailing me? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, that's a typical, typical day. Uh, usually some conference calls, things like that. But uh, it's I'm, I'm blessed in the buyer position that I'm in at this point because uh, without uh, P&L and personnel, it kind of makes your, your day go by pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. My headaches are the only ones I'd create on my own at this point. Yeah, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, mine's like, oh, you got an accounting meeting. Oh, and then you got a sales meeting. Oh, you know, your admin or title clerk needs to see you about this title that somebody paid for. But, you know, it's part of it. You've owned your own business too. And I think, you know, we've had those conversations and, you know, growing pains from having guys that are out buying trucks and then title issues and trying to get rid of them. And there, it feels like there's so many different pieces. I tell people sometimes owning a business is like having a... um Chinese finger trap, you know, oh, yeah. you, you push in, you get one finger out, you're still stuck with the other one, right? Cause you can't go anywhere without both of your hands. But I used to say you're, when you're an owner in uh in the dealership, you're doing everything from titles to trash cans yeah, and everything in between. Yeah. I, I do trash at seven 30 when I leave here this <laughs> evening. So we'll be busy for sure. So we know what your day looks like. Spend some time at M and K you're a buyer there. What uh, we know kind of inventory, what are some of the challenges you've kind of faced over the years just in, in not only buying equipment, but I know for us, obviously sourcing equipment, cause that's mainly what we do. Obviously we've seen some of the pricing changes, but what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? Pretty much the biggest changes I've seen is as the, the bigger companies keep swallowing up the, the small, the medium sized companies, which mm-hmm. used to be my bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guys that own 50 to hundred trucks, I used to buy a lot from them and now um, you know, they just, they just sell it to the bigger guys and it's hard to get into them and they have, you know, guaranteed residuals with the majors, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the OEMs go. And, you know, when they're buying their new trucks, they get residuals, guaranteed residuals on the backside. So you're kind of battling that in a good economy. It's hard to beat in a bad economy. Sometimes you can. Yeah. In a bad economy, you get beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many of the ups and downs have you, uh, have you seen here? Is it, is it, is it usually on an annual basis or every couple of years or is no, it... as far as, so, so what we just went through in 2021, end of 2021 into 20, yeah, into 20, all through 21 into 22, mm-hmm. uh, was the highest record of, of values I've ever seen in my life. I've been through three ups and downs and realistically they're almost running in anywhere between eight and 10 years in between the hard ones. You always have your ups and downs year over year, but when you're, when you see prices increase tremendously like we have, well, we haven't seen them that like that, but yeah, uh, I saw a 97, 98 where prices were, where you, I felt like you couldn't make a, a bad buy, mm-hmm. uh, till, you know, six months later and you couldn't make a good buy. Yeah. Uh, and all you're doing is seeing your money go goodbye. Um, <laughs> 2008 and 2009, you know, coming into 2008, it was the same thing. You couldn't make a bad buy. There was a, there was a butt for every seat you were buying. Yeah, and then the uh, and then the, the market just fell out. Well, we just went through the same thing again. However, the price range, the percentage of what you're paying, we were paying for you know a two year old truck compared to any time in history, was extremely elevated. So this this crash was was a hard one because you were, again, you were devaluating heavy over one month to two months, and whatever you bought this month, you know, you were praying at the end of the month that you could get it in and get it through service and try to get it out the door because. Uh, it was worth ten percent less by the time the end of the month came around. Wow! Yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. <clears throat> so I know we looked at we looked at numbers end of Q four, started looking at numbers in January. What was the price difference you saw from Q three twenty twenty two to like Q four, on a percentage basis? So coming into 
Q3 to the end of Q4, uh, depends what year it was, but I'll, I'll just I'll just go with like a 2021. Uh, yeah. You were seeing reductions of 25, 30%. Wow. That quickly. Wow. That quickly. And why I think that's important is is a lot of, you know, customer based it, whether they're a customer now or be a customer in the future is, it's hard to explain that to guys. And I bring that up because we're doing that on the forefront, right? A lot of our businesses, we're buying directly from the public, whether it's a single truck owner operator or a guy who runs three to 500 trucks, it's hard to have that conversation because he's saying the same thing you're hearing is, well, I was getting $105,000 for my two and a half year old truck with 300,000 miles in March or April, but now you're offering me $65,000 maybe. And it's hard to explain that to a guy. So I guess in your own opinion, how are you having that conversation or how can, you know, the, the audience better prepare themselves for what's to come? I have a tendency to over-explain myself, so yeah. uh, it, I guess it it comes easy, although it doesn't come easy to me. But mm-hmm. I but I will break things down for like when I'm buying from an end user. I, I mean, I I had an example from February of last year until just last month, uh, same year model trucks, same miles, and he was getting rid of them at the same miles as we're progressing through. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally thirty thirty five thousand dollars less than I was February a year ago for the wow. same year, same miles that it was back then. So. I, you just explain it, and, and and most of the end users who are who are on their game, they understand it because that you know their their load their load values are decreasing. They understand that the market's falling out because their market's also falling off too. Mm-hmm. So you know nobody likes it. I don't like to talk about it. I don't, I don't like to have to explain it, but it's just a reality of of the beast of what we're all playing in. Yeah. Um. You know, you got to make hay when the sun's shining. Sun just hasn't been shining that much. Yeah. Closing out last year, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a constant rainstorm. Exactly, I, th- I think a lot of what we're telling our sales team here is you're buying commodities, right? You're buying a piece of equipment that valuation is going to go up and it's going to go down based on many factors from supply and demand, from freight rates, fuel, insurance, a multitude of factors. And when it goes up and down, you have to learn how to have those conversations and. We're doing the same thing. Our average customer is probably a guy that runs eight trucks. It's probably our average customer. And we're having to have that conversation and say, hey, do you understand the model of when you bought it new or when you bought it used? Do you understand how to depreciate out the asset? Do you understand that price goes down as more miles go on it? Some of these guys, it doesn't make sense to, but some of them, it does make sense. And they just say, hey, look, I can't sell it for that. But we're starting to see, unfortunately, some of the units come back and banks are starting to see some of that trend. So that's why I asked, obviously being in your position with the Used Truck Association, you're seeing and meeting with a lot of the bigger dealers, the guys that make decisions, you know, right. the, the guys that are going to see the, the mass quantity of that. So I'm excited to see what you hear on uh, your meeting this week. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get down there and, and just, I, I just want to get a feel for what everyone else is what I put there feeling, you know, I, I, I'm pretty confident it's going to be the same as what we're all feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a bad thing, but it's good to hear that everyone's kind of on the same boat, whether it's good or, you know, high or low. Um, you just, you, you basically get to check yourself. Yeah. Well, hopefully we don't all need a life raft after you get back. <laughs> if it's bad news, yeah. don't call me. I was just going to say, I just won't call you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I don't hear from you, I'll just know yeah. it's bad news. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough to project, but I think kind of looking forward, you know, Unfortunately, I think we'll see a lot more trades, just like you talked about. A lot of the bigger companies seem like they're they're dumping trades. 
you know, with the network that you have, obviously as a growing company, I'm trying to network out more and more and more. What are what are some of the things that you feel like are important this year moving forward for maybe somebody who wants to either A, get out of the trucking business, B, trade in units, C, buy new units? Like what's the best time to sell your truck? Because a lot of customers ask me that. So realistically, looking out to the next 60 to 90 days, I'd say if you're considering getting out, you're probably better off getting out sooner than later. Okay. Um, and, and like you say, M&K, we take the same position. A, a, a used truck is a, is just like a commodity. It, it, it can go up and it can go down. Uh, we're just on the downside of that. The, the trend we're expecting, and like I said earlier, is that we're expecting end of Q2 to be in the in the stream of where an average truck, four years old, 500,000 miles, has historically been selling at wholesale and retail. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of expecting to that. And we, we still have a little bit of room to get there. So we just got to kind of, you know, pay attention to what we're doing. You know, every buy is a, it's a risk. I have friends that like to go down to Atlantic City and stuff and uh, they wonder why I don't gamble. I'm like, I do it every day when I get out of bed just to, just to do my job. So yeah, it's a, it's a gamble right now. What about new trucks? I know a lot of our customers we saw paying two hundred thousand dollars plus. Have you seen new trucks come come down at all? No, I have. In fact, they're going the other way because wow. uh, just because you know they're still lacking parts, uh, mm-hmm. and they're they're adding uh, you know fees onto that. Unfortunately, they have to. But uh, you know the, those are still going up. There's still delays. I don't care if you're Freightliner, Bobo, Kenworth. You know there's still delays. We're, they're still not running where they are. That's one of the better things that's keeping the used truck values currently still above that the, yeah. the average trend once they catch up that's when we'll that's and they expect that by end of q2 we should be flatlining at that point and then just running on average of where the, the where the market traditionally runs yeah that could be a scary time that could be a really scary time to uh don't get stuck with a bunch of units yeah exactly. don't go buy 500 trucks yeah exactly <laughs> All right, so talk to me about the uh, UTA. What uh, what's their plan? What's their goals? What made you want to get involved in it? Uh, well, being a, a member uh, since it's almost in- inception, first and foremost, I actually joined it because of uh, one the camaraderie and the uh, networking that I could do with other dealers that I just didn't typically get out to and talk to. Got to be some lifelong friends with people. Uh, I remember being there and with some of my uh, people I do business with and. Uh, laughing because we were, you know, people were making fun of us because we were the young pups and now we're doing the same thing to everybody, to the yeah. younger guys coming in. But uh, but the UTA has, has involved tremendously over the years. Uh, we're working now with, uh, we actually had the uh, president of the ATA at our November convention uh, speaking and the goal is to wrap, to get a little more wrapped up with, wrapped into the American Trucking Association. Mm-hmm. Um, the UTA typically has been more of a closed knit association not really known above and beyond the commercial truck industry we're trying to make a push to get that out there a little bit more and uh and just make our presence known and and give us a little bit more of a voice out to the public and let the public know what we're about it's, it has a lot to do with integrity yeah. uh the dealer memberships we 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 all hold ourselves to to values you know that mm-hmm. that uh you, we just don't want Anybody can join, and but but we're looking for you know if you remember the UTA and you're displaying the sign on your on your dealership line, uh, window, it typically we want people who who have some integrity with what how they do business and 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 majority of us all do. I mean it's it's rare that we hear something that 
someone doesn't do that. It's uh, it's it's a good brotherhood or sisterhood, however you want to look at it. So long term, what are the plans for the UTA? So this is my first year on the board, so I'll I'll learn a little more as we're going along. But um, long term, it's uh, we would like to continue to expand. We would like to get in with a few more trucking associations, let them know who we are, let them know that, you know, hey, if you guys are either looking for trucks or you're dealing with owner operators, we we do have a code of ethics that we try to stand by. And, you know, if you want to feel comfortable about sending your customers or your drivers to a, a UTA member dealer, um, that you should be getting a little bit better service than they're typically used to, you know, on the regular market. Yeah, yeah. I think it, the internet has evolved a lot too. You know, so many of these dealerships are able to not only post their their uh, equipment online, but there's reviews behind it. You know, when somebody's able uh, to purchase one truck or purchase a group of trucks, whatever it may be, social media is such a powerful tool. Right. You know, whether you post it on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, I think there's a lot of business that's driven by that. And the guys that really excel at not only being a member of the UTA, but being able to have that code ethics, the core values that they operate by to say, hey, you know what? We make sure when a truck comes in that it's not going to have a check engine light and be leaking oil and the body's going to be torn up. And when you get here, it's, it's hey, take it or leave it. I think that's a lot of what evolved in the car business. I mean, the car business is what it, uh, it is today. You know, everything's online. You can almost test drive a car from your house, still do all the paperwork online, deliver it to your house. Everything's online. So, that's really what we've tried to focus on here. So UTA obviously is a, is a big piece of what you do and who you are being a board member. What uh, what disciplines come with that? Obviously, you, you've had to change some of the things that you've done in the past, not saying you did anything wrong, but you've had to change some things, obviously, because you're working for a large dealership now, meaning you're buying a lot more equipment, meaning you're probably interacting with a lot more people, or, or what's your experience over the years? So things that have changed that uh, with, with being more involved... Uh, it, in the Youth Truck Association, I, I've been a, a committee member on the inside for a, a dealer development committee mm-hmm. for about three and a half, four years. Um, what what you got to kind of change is you're used to coming to work and and doing your job, and you can almost you can almost go through it with blinders. Mm-hmm. When you start getting involved in, with the UTA committees and then and then running for the board, you have to expand a lot because now you're now you're taking a lot of other people's uh, thoughts and considerations. Uh, under your belt Mm -hmm. and you're trying to just fit a lot of pieces into a, a, to a small box and, and keep every, try to keep everybody going and motivated and things like that. So it, it, especially be now being on the board, it's, there is, there is a good amount of time that you're, I will be putting into it this year. I'll be also launching my own committee for the straight truck committee as well. Wow. Um, so, and also being involved in the, in the the dealer development committee. Um, so it's, it's takes a lot of your time. But I feel it's, it's very much worth it because you're, as I was helped in the UTA when I was younger, I'm I'm trying to give that back now to other dealers or and, and people and individuals who are members on that, just through experience and you know you, you just try to set boundaries where you can just say hey stay within these because realistically in this industry and any other any industry, all you've got is your reputation and when you're in a sales and marketing industry, you you tarnish that reputation. Uh, it takes one bad thing for someone to tell 10 people. It takes yeah. 10 good things to make one person say something positive about you. Yeah. So you just have to keep keep within your parameters and do what you can to help everybody out. Yeah. That's good to be able to give back though, you know, especially starting at it very young, um, you know, be able to give back as time goes on because there's a lot of, 
I think there's a lot more independent dealers than there were in the past. You know, um, unfortunately, I can't speak for every independent dealer, but I'm sure that there are some people out there that aren't doing things the right way. And, you know, there's other guys that aren't doing things the right way, or maybe there's a guy that's struggling that needs help to get rid of his inventory. Maybe there's another person struggling that needs help buying inventory. And some of that, obviously, we interact with uh, just doing, you know, what we do, buying a large volume of trucks. And there's there's just certain things that we try to abide by when we tell a customer we're going to do something. We want to operate by it. We want to go out there and we want to inspect a truck and we want to put our own money up on the forefront. We don't want to have to wait on anybody else. And we don't want to say, hey, let's have this person make a decision before we go out and we buy the truck and make that process easy for our customer moving forward. So I think a lot of the trucking associations are going to take that and say, hey, this is a really good opportunity for us to get in especially with the ATA joining, that's that's a huge, huge piece. A lot of people there. Yeah, that, there is. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really good exposure. It, and again, we're on, the, we're on the ground floor getting that rolling, but they seem very anxious to uh, to be dealing, you know, to interact with us as well and and possibly get involved in their, their next convention and vice versa. So I'm pretty confident they'll be locked in with our conventions as we move forward, which is always usually around the s- second week of November every year. Sweet, sweet. That'll be good. Yeah. So we're trying to wrap this up with uh, a question, you know, what would you tell your 25-year-old self? What were some of the most uh, successful attributes that you found, whether there were challenges you faced that you overcame? What advice would you give yourself if you were 25 all over again in uh, this industry? Go to college and become an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> go to college. Uh, it, it, would be, it would be about discipline. Stay extremely disciplined in what you're doing. Don't forget the other aspects of life that you have to you, you still have to live life and um, and and do things that, that you enjoy to do. But but your disciplines. I was told by one of my mentors when I first when I first came leaving Penske to go out at, you know to work in the dealer side. Yeah, uh, Penske was a little easier. You had people calling you for trucks all the time. You go on the outside. Now you're going out to find trucks. And mm-hmm. and he said one thing to me that will stick in my head forever. He said. Uh, he said, Mike, just remember, he goes, pigs get fat, but hogs get slaughtered. Don't ever be a hog. Meaning, don't don't ever step your bounds to hurt somebody just mm-hmm. for, for your personal benefit. Um, I, I would pretty much back that up with telling somebody, you know, a younger 25-year-old 25, 25 guy myself, just just do, do your due diligence. Your due diligence will get you way further ahead than, uh, than trying to sh- take shortcuts. And uh, due, diligence, due diligence typically is a pain. That's all the stuff you do in the background to get your sales and marketing going. But the sooner you get that moving, the sooner you're going to be moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, it can definitely be a pain trying to, uh, you know, start from the ground floor from, uh, you know, nobody knows who you are and then one guy knows who you are. And it seems like it kind of transitions on because we don't have, uh, you know, we've had this conversation prior to, but we don't have a ton of people that we deal with. But that that's that's good to be disciplined in in what you do to uh, you know share the values of hey we want to make sure that we're profitable and we make money but hey let's not take advantage of that customer whether it's a dealer or whether it's an end user but um, one of the things I really enjoyed in working with you and that was a decisive factor in, in in doing business with you is how you do your business mm-hmm. you're not you're not taking someone's asset and just brokering it out there yeah you're actually putting your money where your mouth is. And then you're going out to sell them. So you you take the gambling step, just like all the dealers do when we're buying on our own, um, and not just brokering other people's assets, which sometimes can get sideways quickly. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than a piece of equipment that uh, 
you think you have bought, and then all of a sudden the deal falls apart. So, yeah, I learned that early on, much like you know your mentor told you was. Um, I had a guy tell me I don't remember the exact saying, but it was basically like, "Hey, don't be afraid to go out there and put your money on the line. Find it's only money. You know, you're going to make money and you're going to lose money, but." It just with that we don't we don't work with a, a ton of people. We we are very big on we don't buy a truck from every single customer that calls in here. So the advice to look back and obviously tell myself in my young age is be able to display a product and a process that we can deliver on, but have a core foundation of customers that we can uh, remarket our equipment to on a consistent basis that trust us and value us. Because there's nothing worse than a guy that goes out and spends a bunch of money, whether you're doing it in the trucking industry or anywhere to buy a bunch of inventory, whether you're buying cell phones, water bottles, whatever it is, you're putting up all this capital to go buy these commodities and then you don't have a place to go with them. So obviously we we hear, you know, the entire team at, at truckin.com uh, values the partnership we have with M&K. But if you're not a member, definitely join the uh, Used Truck Association as they move forward in joining with the American Truck Association. And if you have bad news, don't call me this week. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Please. Ho- hopefully I'm talking to you on Saturday. You've been listening to the truckvin.com podcast with Zach Ellis, your go-to source for up-to-date insights on the trucking industry. Remember, when you're ready to sell, call America's foremost truck buyer at 855-TRUCK-20 or visit truckvin.com. Join us next time for the truckvin.com podcast.